it's not you as a person that I'm criticizing. It's just a thing that you do or, or a communication style or a habit. Yeah, or a, a little perception. thing. <laughs> a perception, sure. It could just be a perception. It might not even be true. But well, I wanted, of, you know, I wanted yeah. the freedom to be able to just say it. Yeah. And then for us to attack or not attack. Attack, but, Jesus. Yeah, well, maybe like attack <laughs> the behavior. Uh-huh. It wasn't you. Like I, I felt like I was always very loving to you. Mm-hmm. Like I love you as a person. I want to make love to you and connect and spend mm-hmm. time with you. Yeah. But I, I miss you. I, and you're, you're working so much. Can we adjust that? Welcome to another episode of Ambitious. This is another episode of Ambitious. This podcast explores a lot of different topics The main purpose of this podcast is to light a fire under your ass to make you think about things that you typically wouldn't think about. It's supposed to be a challenge. I talk about things that are like taboo, topics that are uncomfortable, to make you think, and that's all. Welcome to the podcast, Taylor. Hey. We have a very special guest for the podcast today. Oh. (laughs) One of our most specialist of guests, Taylor Marie, my girlfriend. Aw. Or would you like to me re- to refer to you as my partner? Whatever you want. Because, you know, we're better than the average couple. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, my God. Who am I talking <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, whatever you want. Hey, guys. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. We thought we'd hop on here and just dissect our relationship publicly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Are you interested? <laughs> I don't know. Are you prepared for this? No. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to have you here. I I love you. I just want to start by saying that. Oh God, that's the <laughs> preface that comes right before like I'm just gonna slam you with something pretty gnarly. I'm not planning on slaying you. I just want to talk. Stabbing me. I just want to talk. Oh my god. And hopefully this cat will allow <laughs> that really to happen. He wants to be a part of this podcast. Come here, Goose. We so got a cat chill. named Goose. He's gray. He's so cute. He's our little gray goose. He's obsessed with strings, so anytime we move our microphones, he's like all about it. So you and I have been dating for two and a half years, nearly two and a half. Mm-hmm. We live together. We're in couples therapy. Yeah. And... We were just exposed to a lifestyle of polyamory. Well, you were. <laughs> it was your first experience. Yeah, and to clarify, we aren't participating in the lifestyle. We were just, yeah, you're right. I was exposed to yeah. the lifestyle. Yeah. From our new friends in Utah. Yeah. And if you haven't heard that episode, go back and check it out. It's definitely worth listening. Yeah. I would agree. But you were in, you were part of, you had a polyamorous section of your life. Mm-hmm. Section. Yeah. Chapter. Yeah. <laughs> um, I call it my hoe phase. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Appropriate. Yeah. There was like, I don't know, like two years in there where I was, I had a primary partner and then I was seeing other people. Um, in between that and having different experiences and, um, and then even before that I was dating someone who wanted to open the relationship and I mean it, I feel like in some senses 
there's always like a little secret sect that's very quiet that there's like this floating around where there's people doing this kind of stuff i thought it was like more uh, particular to um (laughs) ashland in this area i just feel like there's different flavors of it everywhere um and so what we were exposed to in utah was a new aspect of that lifestyle that i hadn't explored in that way This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ellie George with HomeQuest Realty. If you're in the market for a home in Southern Oregon or thinking of selling your home, I've been working with Ellie George with her marketing and can testify that she is a true pro in the industry. She has an amazing passion for real estate. She's been practicing for over 16 years, sells over 120 homes a year, which is absolutely nuts compared to the average agent only selling about eight. When it comes to marketing, I've seen her go the extra mile to make sure her homes stand out and capture eyes nationwide, and to net the sellers way more money in the end. She and I work together a lot on her higher-end homes, creating videos that beautifully and thoroughly showcase the spaces, and I've absolutely loved working with her. Mention the Ambitious Podcast and get a no-cost, low-pressure consultation. She'll help you with your real estate portfolio, whether it's your first home, investment, move-up, or you just want to be constantly aware of your equity position. She's definitely who I would trust for my real estate advisor. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ammon Clough Creative. Ammon Clough Creative is a business specializing in photography, videography, podcasting, education, and content creation. Services include weddings, small business landing videos, corporate video and photography work, podcast production, product photography, brand exposure, one-on-one and group workshops, and photo shoots in almost any capacity, such as outdoor or indoor, family, couples, or single-person photo shoots. For more information, go to ammonclough.com or check out ammonclough on Instagram at ammonclough. Would you mind explaining or, or just defining the details of what your polyamorous relationship or your hoe phase was like, what, <laughs> what it looked like? So you, you said that you had a primary partner, yeah. but then you're just bouncing around yeah like I had people that I would see that were not in town um and there was like one continual relationship out of town where we would just kind of like get together hang out um and for me it was more than just like hooking up or like a physical attraction it was like oh I feel really (laughs) good lord he hadn't done that all day. He's like literally waiting for this podcast to start. Yeah. Um, he turns into a werewolf at night, and it's yeah. To super set the annoying. scene, where oh Taylor and I are god. at our house, we're sitting on our couch next to each other. Oh my god, bro! And it is. <laughs> Things are just falling. It's five fifty p.m., and that is this is about the time where our kitten. Yeah, like Taylor mentioned, turns into a werewolf. So oh, it turns into a beast, and he's so annoying. Anyway, so um, so it wasn't just about the physical. So you weren't just you weren't with you weren't just interested in sex with these other with multiple yeah. people. You were interested in um, just connection, and like I feel like you know each person you meet, there's like something that stands out that you're like, oh, I really enjoy this about you, or wow, that's really unique and different, or like. <laughs> things are still falling um like we each have something to offer in like just who we are and uh I do believe in the fact that we can't be each other's everything and so in the same vein of like 
wanting to have your needs met with different relationships in your life like growing and learning from other people like I I learn relationally from other people I don't know if there's like a word for that but I feel like I grow a lot when I meet other people um and it doesn't have to be relationships you know that are um intimate but friendships business whatever um but in that time you were interested in um just not getting tied down to one person. Yeah. You're wanting to have an open relationship where you could explore roman- romance and you just wanted to be free to explore with other people in whatever way you chose. Yeah, well, it's like self-discovery too. You know, it allowed me to really feel into what I wanted in a partner, what, um, and also to like, because I'm also bi, and so to be able to like be free with that energy to connect with women and men were some of your partners women in that time um yes some of yeah. your romantic romantic encounters yes yeah and um i am really grateful for it It was really empowering and it was kind of scary because it brought up a lot of questions for me because i started to kind of feel interested in women after my divorce and I fought it for a while because I was like does this make me a lesbian how do I feel about that Mm -hmm. I just didn't understand like what was going on and then how to like you know there's so much psychological drama that comes along with like inviting other people into your process so you weren't always bi is that what you're saying I mean if I look back I probably I think I have been it would make sense Mm -hmm. um but just not knowing like what that felt like and what it meant and like how to act on it and so after your your divorce was when you were like feeling more into that and saying to yourself i want to explore this now yeah i felt like the courage enough to how old were you when you got divorced um oh maybe like 28 okay and so why did you decide to have a primary partner um well this person and i just like had a lot of things in common and i just wanted to spend a lot of time with this person um we were really outdoorsy and like did other things together and it just kind of like happened that way okay um i was really communicative with this person and i told this person hey i'm this is who i am like i'm not this person wanted me to be monogamous. So you got into the relationship. I've, I've, I know a lot of couples. I mean, the couple that that I interviewed in Utah, uh-huh. they were monogamous to start and then uh-huh. they opened it up. And that's, I feel like, in my experience, more common. That's what I've heard of more. Mm-hmm. So you went into this primary relationship um, from the get-go with the intent to be open? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so we had a lot of conversations, um, and this person said, you know, I'm monogamous, this is what I want, and I was like, okay, well, we want two different things, Mm. and I expected this person to not want to be with me, but he stayed, and I was like, okay, like, everything's up front, like, I'm communicating, I'm being honest and clear and open, so, like, whatever happens, that's on you, and in the end, it ended up being not a good thing. And, like, I wouldn't recommend doing that with anyone. So he was kind of willing to try it, even though it wasn't ultimately what he wanted. But he, I guess, the desire to be with you 
maybe we're overpowered that. Yeah. And mm. it, it actually, there's a lot of like pain and suffering in that process for him and also just like us. And I just hadn't really ever been in this situation. And so I didn't really know, like in, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, like what I would have done moving, you know, going back. But yeah, um, I ended up like ending it because I was like, this is just not a good thing. Like, you think it's fine if you're just being like upfront and honest, but like you actually have to, like if you see it not being good for someone, like it is your responsibility in my opinion to end it Yeah, because they don't want to and they're just like hurting themselves and you're like, it's just really weird. Well, good for you for like continuing down the path of what you wanted to do and not compromising your wants and needs for somebody else. Yeah, I mean, he did give me ultimatums like once or twice and he was like, I can't be with you unless you're monogamous. And I was like, okay. Hmm. And then he just was fine and stayed with me. And I was like, I wow, I feel like this is not true for you. Maybe he was hoping that it would end at some point. Yeah, he definitely was. And in the end, it did end. But I ended the relationship with him before that. So what made you want to stop being polyamorous? Um, I felt stretched pretty thin because it does, uh, require like a lot of communication with a lot of people. I was hoping you'd say like, because I met you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well that was a part of it, but I feel like before you came along, I had like in my heart been like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then you literally showed up and I was like, I'm ready for a committed relationship. And, you know, my history is like serial monogamy before this. And so I'm the first relationship that you have had since your polyamory days, your hoe phase. Yeah. Does part of you see yourself wanting to ever be polyamorous again? No. I mean, uh, you don't know what will happen. Like, what if we're together for like 15 years? Yeah. And you're like, I need a break from you and I love you, but <laughs> you know, whatever you have to self-discovery. Cause like you've only been with your ex-wife and me. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about that? Well, fine. <laughs> Content. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've had other girlfriends, but yeah, you're right. Sexually. I've only been with you and my ex-wife. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that comes up for me. I'm like, because I've, I've seen this in other relationships of my friends where they, you know, the woman ends up being with a man who's like really young compared to like her age. And yeah. he, they end up having kids. And then later he's like, I never got to explore. And then it's like this crumbling or like this really intense situation. Um, and yeah, I... We did, we did after we went to Utah for the listeners we met this couple they were polyamorous we hung out with them we talked a lot with them i interviewed them on the podcast and explored their lifestyle and it did you know spark a lot of conversation with you and me yeah which i think is good like i sometimes it's not like the thing within itself that needs to happen but it's just like a concept that's like mind opening yeah and allows you to like really confront your fears of abandonment and fear of being left or cheated on or 
Um, and it allows for like a lot of courage within yourself to like face your fears mm-hmm. and to like be vulnerable and talk about them because sometimes we don't know until it happens. And then, you know, you don't really know the depths until you verbally process with someone who can help reflect what they're seeing. And so it can be a really valuable process, but I feel like for some, it's like very, very scary. Like this is like the core wound I feel like we all carry. And so I feel like some people don't even want it near them. Like it's like very scary to even have it be uttered like, oh, you know, and maybe it's true that it is a very scary thing for a reason for some because it it really would change things. But maybe it should and maybe I don't know, you know, I I just am like what what needs to be needs to be, you know, because like I don't I don't believe that I own your sexuality and that that's mine. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think, a very appropriate belief. (laughs) And same. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, when I first met you and you told me that you were bi and then also were just coming out of a polyamorous dynamic, I was nervous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, oh man, this is (laughs) definitely new. I don't know if I can be with somebody like this. I just didn't understand. I was very ignorant and I kind of think I still am. But it's fun for me to explore and I process through speaking, through talking. Yes. I'm a very verbal processor and mm-hmm. so it's really oh, yeah. good for me to, <laughs> to just <laughs> oh, talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's good for me to, to talk to people about certain things and to put myself there in my mind to see how it would feel and then to talk about it. And I've had to learn to say to you, Hey, I'm just going to say this. I don't actually think this. Yeah. I don't want this. I don't want to you to help me find a solution. I'm not saying let's go do this now. I just want to talk about it. I just want to vent. Which is so helpful for me because I am a logical problem solver who has like the let's go, go, go. Like yeah. I'm on it. Yeah. <laughs> That's been really hard for you and me (laughs) it's been really hard for you (laughs) hush don't put that on me it's been hard for us yeah yeah (laughs) i'm playing around come on um i mean i'll admit it's like intriguing but the, the it just introduces the so much risk Mm-hmm. And I love what we have. Yeah. I love what we're building. And I don't think that we're in a, I mean, if I'm vulnerable, I don't know if we're in like a solid enough place or that we've been together long enough to really expose our relationship to that amount of risk or that t- type of complexity. Mm-hmm. Because after talking to Sean, I was just like, man, this seems so complex so yeah much it's drama. so consuming there's a lot of potential for a lot of drama and like i just don't have got time for that yeah i don't want to deal with other people like myself and you like i am so good like monogamous relationship is already kind of d- difficult enough yeah <laughs> so. well i mean for me so we got together, boom, we moved in, boom, COVID hit. We've been in COVID land for however long we've been together, yeah. like literally almost the whole time. Yeah. And then like... Um, we started dating in August of 20... 
19. Yeah, and then it and hit then, March of the next year. Right. <laughs> and so we had a brief stint of like normalcy, whatever that is. Um, but I feel like, you know, you and I both have been through a lot of shit. And so... Yeah, I think we still, we still each have a lot of baggage that we're working through. Yeah, and in totally different areas. But like we also have a lot of things in common around that. But we're working in like different timelines, which is really interesting. If I'm honest... I don't think that I am confident and secure enough in myself to do this or to, to open it up to um, like a, a polyamorous thing. Yeah. And I've talked about this multiple times in the pod, the last few episodes where I'm talking about my insecurity and my lack of confidence. And I think it really does come from one, just my personality, but two, because of my background. And I'm working on that. You're and doing it's a not, really good job. I'm not like working towards being confident so that we can open up our relationship. <laughs> I know. But it's for you, for your quality of life and all that, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, it's definitely based out of a good motive. And um, I would know because I was in a relationship that was committed with a man who wanted like three months in, tried to open it up. Mm. And I was like, really, I thought this was like, you know, uh, he had kids and we had a really deep connection mm -hmm. and it was very new to me and it just totally threw me off. Um, and like was very hard for me. Hmm. Like I wasn't always so open and okay. Like I went through a phase of feeling really insecure in relationship with this person. Hmm. Um, and it felt like very physical, you know, yeah. and it felt very, you know, like the next beautiful person that would walk by, he'd say, Oh, I have this urge. And I'm like, oh, great, you know? Yeah. And now I have to deal with these feelings and like, can we just be solid for a minute and like focus on us and like life is hard enough and there's so much stress. I think that those urges exist for any human being, no matter what type of a relationship that you're in. Yeah. And, and those are fine. It's yeah, it's totally fine. And like we talk about it, like, you know, some really handsome man will walk in and you'll actually tell me, like, you'll point him out and be like, whoa, what do you think? Yeah, but I never have an urge to be sexual with them. No, I know. You can yeah. appreciate like a... Oh, yeah, I love big muscles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you love the rock and stuff. And like, it's interesting because like you're more attracted to that than me. Like, I don't like a really jacked, muscly dude. I think it's actually like, it turns me off. Um, and I don't know why. It's just like the way it is, you know, and... I'll, you know, we'll talk about women and men and it's kind of nice to have that free open banter because it's like an acknowledgement that we are sexual beings with these impulses, but the way that we act out of them is what is the tell. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like there's little red flags that I have seen before in other relationships or even, you know, experience that like, we don't have that. It's not like, a gateway to talk about it to like move in that direction it's literally just like interesting conversation appreciating a beautiful human which i wish kind of more of us did in general i feel like it would be like really healthy and i feel like we're all very scared to do it because of the protective possessive fear-based nature around sex and like relationship you know like i think a lot of people including myself, like I still have insecure moments, but like insecurity is like pretty rampant, you know? How so? 
I don't know. I just think it gets played out in like all kind of weird ways how people behave. Yeah. And sometimes it's like totally random. Like, you know, you wouldn't think that it would be connected to the reason why this person feels nervous because your partner is working with this person or like. There will be times where you have a photo shoot, like a boudoir photo shoot Mm -hmm. with a woman by yourself. And I, I like it crosses my mind. I I think like did did you feel anything? Like <laughs> I get just like not worried, but it just crosses my mind. Uh-huh. I'll say yeah. Like I wonder what kind of thoughts she had, or I wonder if she's if that ever comes up for you. And it's so interesting. It has like cool parts, like to date somebody who's bisexual, because you and I can both appreciate another female on the same level like we can both yeah. be attracted to the same yeah. woman uh and so yeah i just I, I have never dated somebody who's bisexual that i know of and i just the orienting myself in my mind mm-hmm. to like what that means and what you want and what yeah and like during my sessions i'm just like low-key just like so happy for this person who's like expressing themselves and just like sister hyping them, you know, like, yeah, I've never had that kind of experience with a client, you know, like I'm just like wanting to empower people to feel sexy because life is fucking hard. And I think it's like takes a lot of huevos to like get out there and (laughs) be in nature and like be cold and naked and like, you know, doing it for yourself because I feel like our inner critics suck and it's a it's a it's like you go on strike for a minute and you're like no I am not believing this story I'm creating my own right now with behavior like I'm I'm acting it out and I'm showing myself and this like critic my ego whatever that like you can just shut the f up you know like yeah like I'm beautiful and it's not just about my body and all this stuff you know because it takes a lot of courage but you know I with being bi like it's it's a percentage you know like for the next person sitting to me or the person sitting next to me they may be bi but it's like you know yeah it's 30 it's kind of a spectrum yeah like it's not the same it's not like 50 50 or like whatever you know and sometimes it like ebbs and flows like sometimes i feel that more than other moments so it's a of my sliding life. scale <laughs> yeah it can change like i feel like our our sexuality is like very fluid depending yeah. on who you are and how you're built and like there's different times of your life that are going to change you know like i had only dated men up until you know i was 20 something right but even then i played around with my friends when i was a kid my girlfriends oh really yeah and like i think a lot of people think that's like a phase or whatever i think it's pretty common and i think it's super common i've also heard about men doing that with their guy friends and it's like like super common discovering your body discovering your sexuality and it's natural i think to want to explore that with your friends yeah at least talk about it or to act things out i think it's pretty common yeah so yeah you're just you're just exploring and acting it out as an adult (laughs) yeah yeah and i'm really happy like i don't i think starting this new business as well as just like diving into my own 
trauma to like heal my stuff like I found this quote the other day that was like as you heal your trauma certain toxic behaviors or relationships or people don't seem as attractive Hmm. like you crave peace like actual peace and like stillness and quietness and like steady stability and consistency and reliability and things like that and um I feel like there is a lot of like potential for things to be you know hidden agendas toxic behavior people who don't know how to be with their sexuality or honor boundaries and like I do not need more of that yeah I have had my boundaries crossed more than enough for one lifetime and I am not into creating more conflict and opportunity for that to happen in my life in my life and that's my responsibility you know like yeah whatever you know things do happen that's not my responsibility it just shouldn't have happened but you know I I, there's a certain amount of self-sabotaging behavior that kind of like is this tape that just keeps playing sometimes and I feel like sometimes unfortunately it's like you know someone perpetrates trauma and then we kind of like take that and run with it and we internalize it and then it becomes our story and then Mm. we play it out in our lives and it's weird because until you stop and you can be like whoa this is not something you know and um yeah so that's what i gotta say about that yeah yeah was there any were there any reservations that you had about me and where i was in my life when you met me i mean yeah same with like (laughs) on the flip side of me having had this experience and been poly and blah 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 you having been with one person before me yeah i was like oh (laughs) really yeah you know i think it's like the most precious beautiful thing and at the same time it's like amazing and i wouldn't change it what what specifically like our difference like we're literally on polar opposite ends of that spectrum yeah. And I wouldn't change that. And um but I think it's just like a fear that you're going to need and want to have more experience, but it'll come at a time when I'm not ready for it. Mm. When I'm like feeling really good and solid and then like you're ready to do your thing and I'm like over yeah. here just like okay. Um I guess that's a risk in any relationship. Yeah. In any human being, they want something different. They want to grow. They want change. As human beings, like I was just talking to um, a client of mine today, and we were talking about life and business and how things, you have something really good in your life, whatever that means, like a, a job that you really love or a partner that you really love or something that's happening in your life and you get attached to it and then you never want it to end. But then there's a time where that thing has kind of run its course and you've taken and learned what you can from that experience. And then you, some people have this tendency to hold on to it and let it like, it becomes stale Mm -hmm. where it would be better and healthier if you just let it go, let that thing rest and move on to the next thing. And that happens, I think, in the minds of people where they hold on to an identity of a person or they hold on to a friendship and then that friend needs to move, go to college or, you know, do whatever they want to do. And then 
the other party wants that not to happen because they don't want that friendship to die or for it to change. Or like when I was going through my religious transitions and just my life transforming, a lot of people in my life had a hard time with that because they liked the old me. That was who they knew. That was what they were comfortable comfortable with. And, uh, you know, they just had a hard time with me changing. And so it takes a lot of open-mindedness and just allowing people to be who they are and who they change into to accept that. And yeah, I don't know. I just, I want to be accepted. And so I try to really accept other people for their, for who they are in that time. And if they choose to change and grow and evolve, I, I try really hard to accept that too. Even if it's a change that I don't agree with or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I met you and you were still part of the Mormon church and I'm definitely not, nor will I ever. What if I had told you, well, I remember a time in our relationship at the beginning where you said to me, I don't remember, but you were like saying that you were going to break up with me. Yeah, but that had nothing to do with religion. Oh, it didn't? No. That had to do with you making up your mind whether you were going to commit to me or not. Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't got time to oh, sit that's around right. with someone who is emotionally unavailable and can't make up their mind when someone... I want to be with someone who knows that they want to be with me because I can't keep making these, I can't keep picking men and relationships like this because that was my self-sabotaging behavior was picking emotionally unavailable men or choosing men that were emotionally available that I didn't want to be with. And that was the weird, like toxic thing that I was attracted to because that's what I was raised with was a very unemotional, unemotionally available emotionally unavailable yeah and um you were talking to someone else which you know i was like whatever yeah like you just got out of a divorce and you're going through so much like but just make up your mind like i'll be good but just tell me now before we like keep seeing each other so i don't get emotionally entangled and then get really hurt like i am capable of moving on um i'll be fine so just tell me and you were like okay I want to do it. Yeah. And I just don't do super well with like wishy-washy behavior, especially around like me and my time and all that if stuff. If at any point I told you that I wanted to go back to church uh-huh. and like be a Mormon again, yeah. hypothetically, uh-huh. what would you say? I would support you. Really? Yeah. I told you that from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And... It's just, it comes down to like ultimately living different lives and like not connecting in the same way, depending on how deep you were going to be a part of the church. You know, like I don't drink very often, but I occasionally have a drink. I don't actually drink coffee very much anymore, but I occasionally have a cup of coffee. I swear a lot. I, you know, I don't know. There's like things that I do that Mormon, the Mormon church, like... Yeah. I'm a sexual person, whatever. Right, right, right. You know, there's things that would come in between our relationship and it would naturally kind of like run its course um, depending where you were at. Like when we first met, I was like, I don't care, whatever. Yeah. I even came to church with you. So a couple times. Yeah. Just to like meet the family and be in your world because I had never actually been to a Mormon church. I thought it was pretty fascinating. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and I, you know, if I'm, I'm going to show up, you know. I love that you came. Yeah, in a suit with a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you look great. Thanks. It smelled great. Yeah. Um, in the podcast with Sean, I brought up how you and I were going through some challenges mm-hmm. with uh, like me around me drinking. Mm-hmm. We were talking to our therapist about that and I brought it up with Sean. Um, I was hoping I listened to that episode back and I was like, huh, I, I kind of wonder what Taylor thought about that. Oh. Um, and I just w- wanted to see what you would say. About you talking to him about the... Just, just about... Th- um, us being in different places with like substances. Oh yeah, yeah, that's pretty fresh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, we could talk about it. Do you um, want to? Yeah, it's totally fine. Okay. Um. So I don't know if you want to like preface at all. Well, the whole situation is, I have been enjoying having a drink every once in a while and getting to know myself with substances so i mean specifically alcohol and you know i go out and drink with my brothers and sometimes we get super drunk i've been uh you know and that affects my mood the next day and then i really want you to come out and drink with me but you're really not into it and then you've been asking me to drink less Mm mm-hmm so there's also another missing piece from your explanation oh the adderall piece yeah that's the biggest piece actually so the adderall bigger than alcohol right so the adderall has been adderall is not a good combination with alcohol which a lot of people do for fun yeah yeah for sure because you can drink more and not pass out so i yeah started taking adderall and uh, for my ADHD, it's prescribed and everything. I'm working with my doctor and our couples therapist and my life coach and my keeping myself accountable to my family, friends, you. But then I will also sometimes have an, have a drink or go out drinking. And then the next day, my cortisol levels all get fucked up and I have a hard time regulating my my mood and it just tended to make me fairly irritable mm-hmm. so there's the preface yeah so that's the whole picture and I don't have a problem with you drinking mm-hmm. and going out and drinking it's what happens like when we're in the house and you're working and like you're it would be your energy and uh your attitude spikes we're just like the most extreme and you would have like emotional moments of being really irritable and it was really hard to deal with because I felt like I wasn't talking to you it was like literally the physiological combination of these things happening and I was like I feel like if I don't show up right now in this conversation, you're going to be really upset with me. But if I do, it's we're just going to go in circles. Did you ever feel like you weren't really getting through to me? Like you were talking to like a, a medicated version yes. of me? Oh. Yeah. Hmm. I felt like uh, someone who was like on a, a medication roller coaster. Because, Which is true. 
Yeah, because one, this is like a methamphetamine that we're dealing with. It's a very... It's not a... (laughs) Well, it's amphetamine. Sorry, whatever. But it's very similar and... It's a, it's a controlled substance that I used to like. I used to work for a physician, so there was this prescription going around the office sometimes occasionally. So I'm familiar yeah. with this and like the actual name for it and like the side effects and all that shit. And it's a scary drug. Yeah. You know, like it's your body and I support you in doing this. I don't know what it's like to have ADHD. And I voiced from the very beginning, I feel nervous. I'm scared of this because I don't understand it. I've never been with someone where I've been on the journey of you figuring out your medication. I felt like I was getting that from you a lot. Like you would just tell me, I'm afraid of this. This makes me nervous. I think that this is a really uh, scary drug. A yeah, because we were having really bad problems. Yeah, but I, I n- never really, at least it was, I wish I could have had more uh, words from you that were like, curious like tell me how the medication's working for you help me understand the benefits that you're experiencing from this drug you would tell me yeah yeah i i hear you wanting more of this like curious understanding but like your nature is that sometimes i don't have to ask you literally come to me and you just lay it down at my feet yeah and then i'm like okay i understand now I'm still scared because we still are having problems in our relationship. We're still fighting every day and I'm emotionally drained and exhausted and I don't know what to do. This doesn't seem to be working. We've been going through this for over a month now Mm -hmm. and I don't know how long we can last. Like it was getting really bad and there was not a time that you had taken Adderall and not drink. It wasn't like there was a period of you like adjusting without it and then doing that. And so it just felt like, um, you know, there was just, it wasn't just Adderall. It was Adderall with alcohol. And so you're I feel wanting like, me to just get familiar and adjust myself to the Adderall uh, without any other influence yeah. from, uh, from alcohol. Yeah. And it, like I'm not against alcohol. I don't have like an aversion to people drinking. Uh-huh. I don't have distrust of you. Like it's not about the alcohol. It's it's in addition to this new thing. And like it's yeah. literally just a phase. It's like, okay, you know, our couples therapist was like, it's been two months. You should know by now. Right. You know how it works for you. So how's it going? Let's talk about it. And, you know, um, it has been getting better. Um, because you've been figuring out like when is the best time to take it and how much right and to plan for a night if you do plan on having a drink or two or three like how to deal with that yeah and ways to support yourself like going to the gym when you're feeling irritable and eating a good diet and all the other normal things and you've done a really good job I can't imagine what it's like taking Adderall I took it once in high school And it was the worst experience ever. I stayed up for 48 hours straight. I burned 50 CDs and I felt like a zombie back in the day when CDs were a thing. And I did not even ask my acquaintance. She wasn't even my friend. I was in PE class in high school and she was like, hey, you want to try this thing? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I didn't even know what it was. And I just popped it into my mouth. How smart of you. (laughs) Oh my God. How am I still alive? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I obviously don't have ADHD because otherwise it probably would have, like, 
been a different experience for me. Yeah. But um, it's really hard to explain how living with ADHD or ADD, whatever it's called now, I have the inattentive kind where I'm inattentive and I have a hard time just like <laughs> staying checked in. My yeah. my default and my tendency is to just check out. Yeah. And it's hard to explain how amazing Adderall is for somebody like me where it just allows you to focus without any effort. It allows me to stay checked in without my brain constantly like wanting to just tune out. And part of the irritability would just be because I would get so focused yeah. on Adderall and then you talk a lot yeah. and I would be like really zoned on my work or my thing that I was doing and then to have my attention constantly pulled. Plus, we were spending a lot of time together, and I felt like we were only working. All of our time yeah. together was only work. It was really not good timing, like, for you to start taking it, and then, like, how much I was working. It was, like, total insanity for me. Yeah, and I felt like you were just uh, kind of like, hey, Ammon's going through a really hard time. I don't like what this is doing to him and so I'm just gonna sink into my work and just kind of wait it out until he is better and just tell him that I'm scared of this that I don't like this and I was just missing you I wanted you to be like interested in my process interested in the struggle interested in the success that I was having and I wanted you to want to hang out with me and so when we were always together, not getting any alone time from each other, naturally, even without any substances or combination of substances, you tend to, in general, people tend to just get a little bit irritated they, yeah. with their partner. Like I was just hyper-focused on the things I didn't like about you. Yeah, that was super intense. So you, I imagine, felt like you were just walking on eggshells yeah. and every morning and every night you were just like, oh, please, like, let's just have a good night. Let's not process. I, I don't want to do anything to upset him. And that would upset me that yeah. you would, because I could feel that you felt that way. And I just wanted you to, nothing. Was it, it didn't working. seem like anything nothing that you did good. would be, would, would yeah. help. That's why I was like, I feel like I can't fix this. Like it, this feels beyond me. Like it's not necessarily my fault and I'm not going to take this on and you'll, it'll hopefully work itself out. You have support from a physician, your therapist, like, and you needed to get right with it. Like it was yeah. you finding the relationship with this medication. And I was really supportive in the ways that I could be. I, you know, eventually was like, have you eaten today? Which is also another side effect of Adderall, like not eating. And like, I get super hangry. Yeah. And like awful when I don't eat. And like, you get kind of like, uh, like. What is that? <laughs> whiny? Yeah. Oh, bro. So whiny. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, you can't figure out why. But I'm like, oh, he like hasn't had a legit meal. Because when you eat, you always do this thing. Where you're like, oh, yes. You're like, oh, you know? And yeah. that's like the sign. So, and it's something that, you know, your physician was like, hey, I invite your partner to be a good reflection of like, 
keeping you accountable like have you eaten like how are you doing are you going to the gym and like i i didn't want to stay i couldn't be too close to this process with you because we were already having problems that i felt like i wasn't the right person to support you because you were having problems with me like it was getting projected onto me and us when i felt like it didn't need to be and i felt like if we went into that it would ruin everything like we literally probably wouldn't be here right now and i was like i don't want this to get ruined so i'm just gonna take a little step back i love you i know you're gonna be really mad at me um so i'm gonna throw myself into my work and i'm also like really sad like every day and bummed that this isn't working either and i'm scared of our future and like so much you know yeah and this isn't something that like i wish that physicians were like hey can your partner come to your session like if you want them to so that they're aware of what's going on because they're about to go on this journey with you and like no one talks about it and like shit is hard yeah yeah for sure and i i don't i'm not trying to make myself like a victim or anything i just like uh it's just hard all around for everybody you know yeah uh yeah i think that alone time was really helpful you know just me going away for the weekend yeah that was a big deal and us like getting out of town together just we needed to just have fun together and that yeah that was much more things got better things have been i think pretty good lately things have been great i mean we've been trying to like set boundaries around when we work and how long and just making sure that we also prioritize our relationship yeah because yeah it's just it's easy to get just sink into work especially when your relationship is hard it's definitely my go-to kind of like thing is to focus on work when things are hard um and i mean to make money to whatever yeah explore and expand you know there's so many reasons but um yeah that's definitely been it's different too when you like have your own business that you can do that with like focusing on work like before this it was like well how many jobs can i have (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, ugh. God. Well, when you have a job, like a typical nine to five, or you have an employer, you go to the job and then you're done. You come home yeah. and then you spend time with your partner. But when you have your own business, you get to choose when you go to work and you get to choose when you stop working. Yeah. And I was just feeling like you were just always choosing to work. Yeah, even, I was. Even when we were together, we'd watch shows at home, but you'd have your computer on your lap yeah. editing. Yeah. And I felt like I was telling you what I wanted. I'm like, I want you to just want to spend time with me. I want you to want to put that down. Mm-hmm. Whereas w- before when you were working for the physician, you'd come home and you'd just not, you would want nothing to do with work and you would just want to go play and hang out with me. And yeah. Well, it's easy when you don't have to float everything. And I understand that you are brand new into starting your own business and it takes a lot of time and Well, I also just like didn't know how to book myself. Like I'd never been in a crazy busy season. Like I had no idea the amount of clients that worked for me as far as like knowing how to plan the time it would take to edit versus like actually shooting and then like free time. Like I just had no experience because I hadn't ever had that much desire for demand. Mm -hmm. 
And I got myself in a hole because I said yes, 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 but I had booked out an entire month. And so maybe like a week in, we both learned that like I did a really bad job and overbooked. And I was like, I don't know how to, I can't, like it would look really bad if I was like, hey, sorry, I'm gonna have to move you to like three weeks later. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just in this hole for the next couple of weeks and like what a big terrible lesson on our relationship and for myself because I'm still I just crawled out of the hole from October and my mental health took a big dive like I was having some pretty bad dark thoughts and just so depressed and struggling so hard and it's so real burnout is so bad yeah yeah it's hard to spend all your time with one person you know oh that's a total sidebar total sidebar yeah sorry that's okay I was just thinking about that yeah um yeah I don't know I was just thinking when you just get so burnt out so overworked but then you're also feeling kind of burnt out on the relationship like the, it's the same conversation I remember yeah. you saying that to me like we keep having this conversation like every week and a half we have the same process and I felt like I was just kind of hoping that you would be okay until I could crawl out because I was like, I know, like I I did a bad thing with this planning. Like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And that was just a time in the process of this new medication that I felt like I really needed you uh-huh. to like show up for me in an emotional, like just meet me emotionally Yeah. to want to be with me. But it was kind of scary to do that because you would also get really mad at me and a lot of things were bothering you and... I hear that, like, let's deal with it. But it was like, it was really intense. And I just was like, I don't know if I'm the right person for you. Like, I literally am not helping you. And I felt like it just, something about it didn't feel super healthy for me. And yeah, I was going through a lot and I had a lot of stress on my plate. And then to come home and have our relationship also be like even more stressful, I was like, fuck me (laughs) yeah like what who am i what am i like and that was affecting like your sex drive oh yeah that was non-existent yeah which was you know that always is hard yeah well one of the side effects of adderall too is like a heightened sex drive yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's such a thing it's such a hard journey like it literally changing my brain chemistry and then it, learning how to adjust my expectations of that and how it's helping and then just yeah I don't know because it feels good to be on it it feels good when I take it in the morning and then when it comes when it starts to wear off at the end of the day yeah you feel like shit <laughs> yeah not like shit but you're just like ah like I, you kind of want to stay in that heightened place of motivation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just worry long term. Like you know, we've talked about this, and I know your physician is working towards also a better long term solution. But you know, it's just like hard on the brain taking it for like many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. And he's had problems with you know talked about the problems that could arise if you are on this for so long and then you do just stop that it could be pretty detrimental and yeah 
depending on who you are and stuff. And so that worries me just because, you know, time passes quickly and you get really used to things and it becomes a crutch and then it becomes a part of who you are and then you can't function without it. And, you know, I feel like Adderall's pretty addictive. And um, so, uh, yeah, I just, I know you'll figure it out. And I know that you have a good head on your shoulders, and I know that you, like, are aware of all this stuff. Um, so. Yeah, I just I, I just continually feel like it's something that you don't want me to do. Yeah, I mean, of course I would love it if you didn't need to do it. Yeah. But... And you could still feel good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, of course, don't you? Well, yeah, of course, but it... Uh, like I see you and your level of motivation and ability to be social and ability to network and I've just never known how to tap into that Mm -hmm. at will like it seems like it just happens organically for you every day Mm. most days Mm. you know that's just kind of your default you wake up and you're like okay here's what I'm doing I'm motivated unless you're on your period (laughs) aka today (laughs) but you're just like here we go like here i'm gonna do the things i'm gonna reach out to all these people and do all this stuff and i have never felt that way in my whole life Mm. um on a daily it doesn't happen organically every day Mm -hmm. until i started this medication Mm -hmm. where every day i know i can have some level of motivation some level of like focus and ability to get things done and feel the way that I want to feel. Yeah. So. Probably feels pretty empowering. Yeah, it does. And so when I hear you saying, I don't want you to do it, I hope that you can eventually get off of this. Like, but it's helping. Like it's Yeah, it's really helping serving. right now. Yeah. That's just how I view it. I view it as a temporary help until, you know, maybe there's other alternatives that are non-stimulant that will work that are, you know, a little bit more sustainable or, you know, and I know that they talk about like Vyvanse or something, which is like a less, has less side effects, but it's like super expensive. You know, I'm like, what is the deal? Like, why does it have to be $300 a bottle? Like that, who could ever afford that? Like, you know, insurance. Yeah. And who could afford insurance these days, you know? Um, so yeah, like I understand. I'm here for it. It's just like long term. I don't know yeah. if all that will ever change for me, you know. Um, but I'm. You just started taking it, so. So if you knew that I was like a medicated version of myself, what made you take what I was saying so personally? Because it's really hard sometimes when your person is saying some like really gnarly things to your face. Like I'm still a human. (laughs) I'm still a freaking human and I'm like had a day and then I come home and then it's like this isn't right and that's not right and why did you do that and blah blah you know and it's like fuck (laughs) you know. Um, Yeah. Is there a way that you... Uh, could somehow like separate that or keep the- yeah I feel like I did a very good job even still taking it personal I mean I'm not perfect 
Yeah. I could have done better, but I'm a human and I'm not like a trained therapist. And, you know, we're very close. And so, you know, all the things that are like very hard for me. And sometimes when we are hurting and we're upset, we know exactly what to say. And, you know, it was a great opportunity for me to like, I honestly, the one thing that helped me the most was just to be like, I am dealing with little Ammon right now. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yep. Most of the time I was like, I'm dealing with little Ammon. Like this is how he would act if he was not getting what he needed, if he could have when he was a kid and he would act out and this is exactly what he would do right now. Yeah. My parents actually had a term for it. What? It was called the Ammon dance. <laughs> if, if something was wrong, I mean, I was very particular when I was a kid. Yeah. I had to have my socks a certain way. There's a name for that. OCD. No, there's a whole nother term for that. I've actually met a lot of kids that have that. I had to have my, like, just, I was, a lot of my senses, like my physical senses of my underwear was slightly twisted oh, or my yeah. socks were slightly, oh, no. or my, my shoelaces weren't tied just the right way and both shoes weren't the exact same tightness, I would lose it and I would just freak out and I yeah. I would just you know, throw a tantrum as a kid and my mom and dad would make fun of me like, oh, look, it's the Ammon dance, you know. <laughs> Which to doesn't like, help. <laughs> no, it would, it would amplify yeah. my... Yeah. And so I feel like that's kind of that was what, what was happening for me as an adult with you. I would try to explain to you what was happening and then you would just check out or go away and I wasn't I felt like I was being I wasn't being heard or listened to. Yeah. And it would it was it was infuriating because I I was like can't you just can you just listen to me? Can you not take this personal? Can we just it felt like I couldn't ever give you any kind of criticism without you getting defensive or thinking that I was in the wrong or blaming the substance. Yeah, and then when you would give me, I just need this right now, I'd do it. But then the next time it would change and I would just like continually fuck up and I would try everything, change my behavior so many times to like accommodate you that I was like, I feel like something is wrong with me. Because I started internalizing everything that you were saying. And I was like, oh, like, everything is wrong with me. Like, this is my fault. Mm. And like, you know, all of his issues are because of me. When I was like, whoa, I had to like be like, holy shit, Tay. Like, you got to get away from this for a second because this isn't good for you. And I had to check out. Like, it was the healthy thing for me to do sometimes. But, mm-hmm. you know, I know that it feels like I didn't listen, but I was there. I was listening. Um, and, you know, we each have our side and our filter. And Well, if I can say one thing, I did really love and appreciate how you would take each day with, like, a fresh set of eyes and just say, Okay, yesterday was hard, but today is a new day. Ammon's probably going to be different today. And if not, we'll handle it. And I appreciate you sticking there, like sticking in, you know, by my side and just like being patient and going to the therapy sessions and trying things and taking care of yourself as well. I called my own therapist multiple times 
yeah. just to get help because I was like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah. But things have been getting a lot better, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like you just have a handle on your medication and how you're dealing with your, I don't know, it's just like you started to have less and less irritability irritable moments yeah and like i don't know what happened if it really was just the medication or if it was something else you know i'm not sure but it has been getting better i mean i've like i promised i was like this busy season will end and things will change and i will book myself differently and i have done that i took a whole week off i didn't do any work I may have worked for like, you know, an hour, two days. Um, but I really promised you. I was like, okay, I'm not working. We're going to go have fun. Like, I'll do whatever you want. And I'm here. And this month has been super slow. <laughs> yeah. And it's been perfect. And I'm like, have people booking with me, but they're like booking in the spring and shit. And like weddings in September. And I'm like, whoa. Um, which is great, you know? And I've, you gave you finally were like okay this is what i need like boundaries around how often you're working at home i've been working at coffee shops you've been like having your alone time you went on that trip you've been having you know guy time with your brothers like it's been really good and i've been prioritizing my friendships again which has felt really really nourishing and um yeah it's been it's been a lot better it's been more manageable and we are doing great i think so too yeah that was so fucking gnarly <laughs> it was pretty gnarly oh my god <laughs> it's pretty hard yeah and i know it wasn't just hard for me like you were i looked at you and i was like you are not okay and i remember multiple days i was like what's going on like you need to take your medication because you one day i was like i don't want you to take it anymore like i wish you wouldn't but i was like but you should talk to your physician yeah you know, because uh, it's probably going to be hard and uh, coming off of something like that. And, you know, you decided to just like cold turkey it and it was awful. So I was like, you should take it. Like at least wean yourself off. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah. It's been quite an adjustment period for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I have seen you like the side effects. So, like, I'll say my reflection of, like, you and your work mm-hmm. and being able to focus and maybe some personal moments of, like, clarity and attention. Like, I remember one time we were at Vita and I was, like, yakking, talking and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I have this way of talking that's, like, sometimes really hard to follow most of the time. Um, Very. <laughs> where, like, your issue of, like, trying to follow a conversation is amplified by my just like assuming that you're in my head sometimes which I feel like I hear from a lot of women like it's very common and it's sometimes just like well you don't give me any context to what you're saying yeah I'll just like blurt out like oh she just blah 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 and you'll be like who like what are you talking about and then you get frustrated because you're like why can't you just understand where what I'm saying why can't you just understand the context Yeah, because maybe we had just talked about it like two minutes ago. Yeah. Or like five minutes ago in the car, you know, and I'll just be kind of still on the same train and you're on something way different already, you know. 
Yeah, and my brain just doesn't just pause and put a pin in the last thing that we said <laughs> and then just remember every single yeah. conversation we've had. Like, right, when right. I start a sentence or typically when a human being you starts a, a sentence, you have to say like, hey, this is what I'm going to talk about. Or do you remember the thing with yeah, that person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you and then you say mm-hmm. what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Man. I know it's crazy making sometimes, but. You fucking did it. You followed what I was saying. Yep. And I was, you were like so proud. I was so proud of you myself. You literally got teary eyed. Yeah, so because cool. it was such a moment for me. Yeah. Like to, to have you just, I mean, I was, I remember I was looking at my phone, eating a sandwich and you, uh, actually, I don't think our food came out yet, but I was on my phone and <clears throat> in my own little world in my head. And then you just said something. Yeah. And I looked at you. I, instead of saying like, what are you talking about or what? I paused. I thought in my head, I went back to gather the context and then I, I got it and then I responded and then we moved on. But I was like, hold on a second. Like this needs acknowledgement. This mm-hmm. needs to be celebrated Yeah, because it is massively hard for me. Yeah. And I want to be a good listener. It's difficult for me to frustrate you. When I feel you getting frustrated, my tendency is to blame myself and shut down. Yeah. And you're like, just let me be frustrated. I'm like, well, but if there's a way that I can avoid that, (laughs) if I can just... So I've tried to say, hey, can you just provide me with a little bit of context before you just start speaking? Yeah. And uh, sometimes you do, sometimes you forget. Yeah, and then it throws us into this process of like, ugh, and I'm frustrated, and we've been working on this. Why can't you do this? Why can't you just listen? And uh, so, yeah, the fact that I just got it um, was was proof to me that I'm growing, that I'm getting better at just listening, at understanding your communication style. Yeah, I mean, and I could preface more to be mutual, you know. Which Mm -hmm. I have I been doing that. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There is my homework for the evening. Yeah. <laughs> um, and anyway. <laughs> You're just like, you'll start saying something and I have to turn around, face you and say, back up. <laughs> what are we talking about? What are you thinking about? Yeah. What are you saying? Because <sighs> sometimes you... you will just be deep in thought and then all of a sudden you'll just start speaking <laughs> halfway through the thought out loud like you don't even ask for my attention yeah. and i'm like what i didn't even know you were talking to me sometimes you'll just talk <laughs> oh man i probably sound like a crazy person um no you're not crazy I'm you're just a normal crazy. person i think most people just do that but uh, yeah. it's you almost have to like think about the person who you're talking to yeah you know uh-huh and consider them first before you you speak <laughs> just like look over at me what what's he doing is he is he working is he watching your show is he on his phone let me just get his attention that's why we need to not work at the house together because i'm often like honey because <laughs> i get excited and i want to like talk to you about something or i'm like struggling <laughs> And you're really sweet and patient with me most of the time. And 
you know, yeah, I could do better. I felt like in the beginning of a relationship, I was a little bit better at being like when I would approach you because that is a thing. Yeah. Like my homework as a partner meeting you in this ADHD is being aware of like what works for you and like adjusting my behavior to a certain degree of being like, I'm going to come to him when he's available. Yeah. Or I'm going to really make it clear like, hey, I need your attention because I need to talk about this. And so, yeah, I could work on that again. It's okay. Yeah. But I, you know, back to what we're talking about, it's working for you. What is? Your medication. Oh, yeah. And your podcast is starting to take off, which is so cool. You're, I can tell you're like in the seed planting phase where it's like building, but it's like really catching energy. And this is what you said, like, I mean, a year ago, you were like, this is what I really, really care about. And this is what I want to really be doing. Yeah. I love talking to people. <laughs> I love exploring new concepts and ideas and challenging my beliefs, challenging mm -hmm. the way that I think and the way that I live my life. That's why two and a half years ago or whatever, when I got divorced uh, and felt like I was at rock bottom, I was like, you know what? I have just always been Mormon. I've always done this. I've, And then when we were dating, mm -hmm. I, I had all the same, okay, I'm not going to sleep with her. I'm not going to uh, whatever. Like I drink. I'm not, <clears throat> not going to drink. And so I just was like, you know what? What do I want? Do I want to keep being Mormon or am I just doing it because it's what I've always done? Do I want to date this girl or do I want to break up with her just because I, I don't know, because there's this, this like conflict of my beliefs and my values that the church has given me versus what I want to do with her and what she is, what, what your life was like and how that would fit together. And a lot of people said, that they thought I was just leaving the church so that I could mold myself and my life to s stay with you, to secure myself into your life. Yeah. Um, I and I personally yeah. don't think that that was true. Mm. I was rethinking everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like you probably sped up the process for me because yeah, you yeah. challenged my, uh, you challenged my behavior. You challenged my beliefs. And I was already doing that, but you helped to, you know, make it faster. And it was kind of inevitable what I was, what I was doing was going to do. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I just, I rethought everything. Yeah. I left the church. I, I told myself that it was just going to be a break to see if, uh, if I liked not being part of the church and then I ended up liking it. Mm -hmm. And if I ever go back, I want to do it because it's what I want, because I intentionally chose that for my own, for, for myself. It's, like what I want, what I think will make me happy. Yeah. And I leave that door open. Yeah. I mean, I know I talk a lot of shit <laughs> on the church, but there's a lot of things that I have problems with. Yeah. And that's why I'm open to like the beginning of this episode. We started talking about polyamory. That's I'm open to that. Maybe I need to rethink the way that I've always thought about relationships because maybe like when I was talking to Sean, it enhanced his relationship. Mm -hmm. It made things for him and his wife way better. Yeah. She opened up and started talking about her depression that she's never talked about before to yeah. anybody, including her husband. Mm. And it allowed them to be more open in their communication with each other, more honest, mm -hmm. more honest about their desires, more honest about the things that turned them on. Yeah. 
And like they said in the podcast, it's not for everybody, but I want to know that. I want to know that it's, if it's right or not right for me. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that I have to go try every single thing. Yeah. But that's why I talk. That's why I love the podcast. That's why I'm doing this is because I love to explore people's lives and to see, would that work for me? Or what do I think about this? And so I'm trying harder to interview people who are different than me, interview people that have a an experience that I've never experienced or a different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So. Nice. Yeah, and I also just, relationships yeah. are really interesting to me, relationship dynamics, whether that's a relationship with a person or a pet or a mm-hmm. substance. Yeah. Relationships. Or a business. Yeah, which yeah. you and I could talk about that in another episode. Yeah. Your relationship with your business and what that feels like. It's like a living creature of its own. Oh my God. Yeah, but like you're the beating heart of it. Yeah. And you get to decide where it goes and how it lives. And You, you may know. breathe now. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, thanks for being open and vulnerable with me about all this stuff. I know it's really fresh and and difficult and emotional i can tell that this is like this maybe wasn't the most fun conversation for yeah. you it's just like oh, it feels like we're processing kind of yeah but i, I just mean, wanted there's... to dive into it and sometimes it's nice to process it when we're in a good space yeah. and when it's not happening you know like so currently yeah we're kind of on the end of it yeah i think we're in yeah. a much better space um anyway i didn't know we were going to process about that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there was moments where I was like, I don't want to. But, like, I'm I'm very different with how I process things than you are. And so... How so? Like, you like to talk a lot about, like, and process out loud a lot. Yeah. And, like, I talk a lot, but I don't always process out loud about, like, my feelings as much as you do. Yeah, you talk very much from your head. <laughs> and I talk a lot from my heart. And so sometimes it's hard when I feel like I'm trying to get you to feel with me and you're just like resistant. You're like, nope, I'm not yeah. going to stay with that feeling. I'm not going to drop into that feeling with you yeah. where you just like resist that and, and stay logical and try to give me solutions and tell me what you think I should be doing and why you think that's not okay or why you think that this is frustrating. And I'm like, just drop into the feeling with me. Stay with the emotion Let's talk about why it's frustrating to you. Tell me what's frustrating you. Um, but I recognize that that is hard. What? Did you hear something? Goose hears something. Oh. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a strength you have. Why are you so resistant to feeling? Uh, you really want to go into that? I'm not like fully resistant to it now. I feel like I've grown a lot in the last couple of years, but it just hasn't been a safe place. In your life? Yeah. Hmm. Like I have a lot of pain and uh, not really feeling like there's been people who like are capable around me who are interested in holding space for me. 
Yeah. And also not really like being taught how to do that because I haven't, I don't recall having parents who were like, how are you feeling? I really care. Mm -hmm. Like, I literally don't have very many memories of that. Like, I don't think it was a practice in our family home, really. And I don't want to blame my parents. Like, there's a certain amount of just like, okay, I'm an adult now. Yeah. You got to take responsibility for like your shit. And I'm not like, as much as I want to be like kind of mad about it. Because <laughs> it would be a lot easier now. Like, um, yeah, it's just not. Yeah. And something that like when I had met you in the very beginning, it just like my life didn't feel like it allowed for a lot of emotional processing because if I went there, I don't know if I would come out. Hmm. Like it would just put me into this like super gnarly spiral and I just like didn't feel safe to go there. Mm -hmm. So I had shit I had to do. I had to work. My life didn't allow for like a lot of like chill downtime. I also didn't make it that way, but like I worked a lot more in some senses. Um, and when you're in survival mode, like that's just not, I didn't feel, I felt like that wasn't something that I could really afford to do a lot of. If I did it, it was like with my cat. <laughs> Just cry with your cat? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I do feel like I'm a very sensitive person though. Like I, I do feel a lot. I just don't always share it with people. And I mean, granted, I had a dad that was like, don't cry in front of other people because it's a sign of weakness. Like if that tells you anything. So like, hmm. and that was said to me like very young. Yeah. Uh, which feels like a very like masculine thing to take on because I'm a woman and it seems like more socially acceptable to cry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God, it just feels so weird. But, you know, and also just like the front of myself, like I'm strong, like I got this. And sometimes it's just like faking it because you like, I'm really not, <laughs> you know, like, oh God, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. Man, I just live in my emotions. I just, <laughs> yeah. I, my... That's why I'm like, Ammon, come out here into your mind and be practical. Which our behavior. therapist has said, like, <clears throat> Ammon, would you want to be dating somebody as emotional as you? Maybe there's something that you could learn from Taylor. And I do believe that fully. I know that I need to give more space to my logical mind. Well, whatever. And not just be run completely by my emotions. Because if that was the case, I wouldn't be with you. Yeah. If I was just being run by my emotions, there was a point in the beginning of our relationship when I felt so much fear of abandonment, fear of you, and just fear of dropping into a, a ro ro romantic relationship with another human being that I was just like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. Yeah. Because yeah. when you're cheated on for multiple months under your nose where your partner doesn't tell you you start to question like reality you start to question is this real and i would have thoughts that like um like you're with me but why 
What do you want from me? And what are you actually thinking? What are you actually doing that I don't know about? Mm. And uh, it took me a long time to learn how to just let go and just trust that you were genuine. Yeah. Like even sometimes when we would be like having sex, I would just think like, who who else are you thinking about? Mm. Is, are you actually with me? Are you, are you only with me? Um, and that's, yeah, I don't know. I, you just, the very last time that I, I don't know. I mean, this is kind of a really intimate, vulnerable thing to say, but the last time I ever had sex with my ex-wife, um, was like an incredible, I mean, it was an incredible time because she had literally just gotten done. I don't know how recently, but it was like a few days ago. She was with her, you know, person that she was cheating on me with. And then to come and to do those things with me, like fulfilling fantasies and to make love to me in a way that was really like deep and fulfilling. And it was really awesome for me. And then to find out that she was just doing that because it was, she felt bad. She felt guilty for what she was doing. And was trying to, you know, sink into me and, I don't know, secure herself. I don't know. It's just, it makes me just, I don't know, question. Yeah, every totally. Time. That would be really hard. Yeah, but, you know, it is what it is. And I, I have to just, that's my point, is if I just let myself think that if I projected that fear onto you, that's not fair to you. Yeah. And it's not fair to my future. Because I could have something really beautiful with you. And I and I I do. And if I'm constantly doubting that or thinking that it's a lie, I could be missing something amazing. And that's what I had to tell myself. And just just okay, I, I went through this thing. It was it was painful and I learned and I survived. And so I just learned to trust myself that I would be able to see it. Or when I, whenever I did discover it, I knew that I would just, I would be okay. I would survive it again. And I'd know that I would be able to walk away and do what was best for myself. So. Nice. Yeah. It's hard. It is hard, but it's, it's, what's the alternative? The alternative. You live in fear and you don't have any good relationships because you are too afraid. I would always, if I, if I let that experience stay in the forefront of my mind and dominate my behavior i would never go past a certain point with anybody Mm -hmm. and that's just so like not my personality (laughs) i love to like sink in deep with people i love emotional uh i don't know what you call it depth yeah i love people with depth i love experiencing that that depth and alcohol sometimes helps that Helps that to go further. Helps that to be more, be easier to drop into those true feelings with a person. To say what you really want. And so that's what alcohol has taught me. It's taught me how to just like let down those walls. And to do it sober. I don't necessarily need alcohol to, to let those walls down and to drop in with people. Sometimes I feel like other people need that. I feel like other people need it more. Honestly, I feel like, I don't know, 
I feel like sometimes I say things because I don't drink as much, but I, and I see that that is something that people need. Yeah. And I know it's scary and it is, it takes courage to be yourself consistently in front of other people when it's not cool. Because you face rejection. Yeah. And the more that you do that, the easier it becomes. And And the quicker you find your people. Oh my God. And it may be hard. I will tell you that it is hard and it can be lonely, but they're real. Like, you know, that's what I've been facing a lot lately. Like I'm really trying to be fully myself. And sometimes I'm just like trying something and then it ends up not being who I am. But like with with this podcast, I try to just speak very candidly Uh and I get a lot of angry people, Uh people that are like this episode made me uncomfortable or that thing that you said I don't agree with that which is totally fine yeah and not your responsibility it's totally fine (laughs) and I welcome people disagreeing with me I I don't always agree with the things I say in this podcast either I'm just like saying it and exploring a thought and sometimes I say things out of a emotion like anger Mm. or resentment Mm -hmm. um and like I said at the beginning of this podcast episode, it's it's about lighting a fire under your ass <laughs> because to get a drink. No, yeah, not everybody <laughs> not everybody has ever had a conversation about polyamory or LSD or anything. But people are in those types of relationships. Yeah, and these people, people who are angry are probably still listening. <laughs> yeah, people do those drugs. These things exist. So why don't we talk about them? Yeah, relationship struggles exist. We don't talk about it on Instagram because Instagram is a place where you show only your best parts. Yeah. And this podcast is where I show like my worst parts, my struggles, my thoughts, my ideas, my, I don't know, like I swear on this podcast, I make mistakes on this podcast and it's all out there. And I look back at the beginning of the, some of these episodes and I'm like, oh my God, like I've grown. Yeah, you definitely have. And I'll probably look back on these episodes and be like, wow, I was so whatever. I don't know. Yeah. And so I. You're doing great. Thank you. Yeah. So are you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well. You're a really good partner, Taylor. I think you have a lot of patience you i love how you've always accepted me for who and where i am in my life you've never loved me for my potential yeah and when you saw that my life in the beginning was having a conflict with with what you wanted from me and where you were you said hey hey i can't do this if you want to do this then we need to not be together but you never have tried to change me and i think that that's why i had such a hard time during the whole Adderall thing. I felt like you were you were never okay with my behavior, with me taking that medication, with me, you know, I felt like you were just afraid and wanted me to be something that I wasn't in the moment. Yeah. And in the moment I was angry. In the moment I was irritated and you're you were just like you can be irritated, just not with me. (laughs) That's how I felt. That's how I felt. Oh. And I was irritated with you. Oh. And I wanted to be able to say it. And for you to not take it personal or get defensive, I wanted to be able to critique. Every day. I wanted to be able to critique certain things about you. Every day. (laughs) (laughs) 
It wasn't every day. I just It was every day. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't want to though. It was just because I felt like you were so resistant uh-huh. to being criticized. Yeah. In just like a little thing, you know? Uh-huh. And then you would criticize me and I would take it and try to adjust it and change it and then I would criticize you and I feel like you were just resistant. So I was like, why should I change my life or listen to any of your criticism or do anything that you want me to do when uh-huh. you don't let me criticize you or ask you to do something different that makes me uncomfortable or, or upset or ir- irritated? That must have been really frustrating. Thanks. It was. <laughs> Thanks for meeting me in the emotion. <laughs> I acknowledge you in that and I appreciate it. <laughs> Practicing my active listening and my NBC <laughs> and... Not defending myself. Yeah, because it's hearing not, your experience. It's not you as a person that I'm criticizing. It's just a thing that you do, or or a communication style, or a habit. Yeah, or like a, a little perception. thing. <laughs> a perception, sure. It could just be a perception. It might not even be true. But well, I wanted, of, you know, I wanted yeah. the freedom to be able to just say it. Yeah. And then for us to attack or not attack, attack. but attack. Yeah. Well, maybe like attack the behavior. <laughs> Uh-huh. It wasn't you. Like, I, I felt like I was always very loving to you. Mm-hmm. I love you as a person. I want to make love to you and connect and spend mm-hmm. time with you. Yeah. But I, I miss you. I, and you're, you're working so much. Can we adjust that? I literally couldn't. Yeah. I had to keep going. I would apologize all the time. I did not like what was going on. And that's why I just felt like you weren't actually getting the results that you wanted. It wasn't that I wasn't willing. It was that it just wasn't happening in the timing you wanted. Yeah. And it wasn't that it couldn't eventually happen. It was literally just like a really hard time. And I was I acknowledge like, I, that I can't... was not as patient as I could have been. Yeah. I wanted it to happen faster. I wanted you to, just... I wanted to feel like you were making an, an effort more than I perceived you yeah. to. Yeah. But that's not and like from before this time. Like that's not my typical behavior. Right? <laughs> right? What do you mean? Like before the busy time, yeah. I was like, I've been 150% into this relationship. Oh, yeah. I never doubted that. Oh, my God. That. Like, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you were. And so I was like, he's got to know and trust that like I'm being honest and that this literally is a phase like I don't know what else I can do yeah to prove it to you like, I just didn't know it was a phase fuck. I just I just like this is not I don't like this so I'm gonna say it yeah and, and then as I was soon like as I was Adderall journey's never gonna end <laughs> yeah well I'm glad that we can at least talk openly about it and understand yeah. what was happening and that we are able to identify that and have awareness around it like sometimes just having awareness around it is a lot of people don't even get there yeah and you figuring out how you needed what you needed and what it was you know like that was a journey within itself yeah yeah but man if you listen to the episode with me and cody sometimes just saying what i want or even knowing what i want is such a struggle Yeah, and I know that I'm not, like, the most patient with that because I'm like, just tell me what you want. Like, I'll do it. Like, just fucking tell me. I'm like, hold on. I need to go have a couple hours by myself to figure it out. Yeah, but it's, which is fine. Like, I'm fine with you taking space. I think it's really healthy. I love it. I'm Mm -hmm. really good at that. Yeah. Um, But it's, like, the processing together and trying to figure out, and it's, like, something I can't do for you. Yeah, I can see how that would be really 
yeah difficult and irritating (laughs) (laughs) sometimes yeah but i love you i love you too i have always liked you for who you really are and all this other stuff is just outer shit of like identity and behavior that all can change like it's all just like the outer stuff you know like who you are as a person i was like oh that's cool really yeah like the first time i met you yeah i was like way more airy fairy back then and i was like i really liked your energy i want to hang out and it was a gut feeling like that's kind of sometimes how my relationships and my networking goes it's like based off of how my where my gut guides me and my gut was like pew 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 (laughs) (laughs) like that you were just you were an authentic person that um, knew how to connect and it was kind of unique how you connected with people and I wanted to like experience it more and like get to know you more and it was just yeah nice yeah I mean, I'm, I'm glad. I'm stoked. I Me love too. our relationship. Me too. I'm so attracted to you. Yeah. <laughs> Physically. Only. Physically. Only. No, that's just something that I'm highlighting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm attracted to you too, inside and out. Thanks, babe. And Same. your pecs are glorious. Really? Yeah. Tell me more. And you have a nice round, bubbly booty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This conversation is getting inappropriate. <laughs> well, I've been feeling lately like I just want to have a break from therapy. Yeah, I feel you. Just kind of like I'm done working on myself for a minute. Like I want to just be. Well, you got to like integrate, right? And just like chill. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hopefully having a conversation with a therapist in... Arizona next week mm. this weekend actually who specializes in internal family systems which is a new concept for me and I'm very stoked yes. to talk to her it's so cool yeah so anyway thanks for coming on the podcast Taylor I I appreciate your just bravery and being vulnerable your willingness to enter into these types of conversations with me especially publicly you know like exposing our relationship like this yeah um it's a little nerve-wracking but i just feel like people need to know that like we all have our shit and like it's normal and you're not like i don't know I'm sure a lot of people could relate in this and like we're still good and like we can be honest with each other in the process, which is kind of refreshing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what do we got to hide? Like this is life, you know? Yeah. And it might help somebody. And it's interesting because, yeah, we are on Instagram and I had a friend the other day that I ran into and I like shared about some of my struggles because we were close enough and we were like really relating with each other some of yours and my struggles yeah and it was like really eye-opening for her she was like oh really that's so weirdly like validating because she had been struggling a lot and all she sees is instagram and i'm like fucking instagram well oh my god yeah i know it's what people do with instagram it's not necessarily instagram just like as an evil entity i get it but 
you know, and I don't feel like we are like overly like influencer life. Glamorous. Like, yeah. And glamorous. Like I feel like we live pretty simply. Um, but it was just so interesting to hear that, that I was like, huh, you know, so mm-hmm. it's just further inspiration to just be, keep it real, you know? Totally. I am very much not perfect. <laughs> Same. But I know that I have a lot of really good values uh, or like characteristics, personality traits about me. And yeah, I think that I should be better at highlighting those and talking about those too. Curious. I don't know. I Yeah. Well, let's start right now. Say one thing that you like about yourself. I like... Not something you do, but something about who you are. Right. To be more clear. Um, I like my emotional depth. Yeah. So awesome. I think that to a lot of people, it's it's like annoying because mm-hmm. I'm always like, you know, talking about emotions and whatever. But... I think that having emotional depth and talking about that is good. I think it's healthy. I think it it can go overboard. But when you don't talk about your emotions and you only just try to hang out and chill and talk about things that you're doing and you're, you're avoiding talking about emotions, that's the thing. When you start to avoid it, that's when they can build up. And I don't know. It's part of your. It's part of who you are. People all experience emotions. That's what makes us human beings. And I just, yeah. You're so that's definitely one thing a very I, safe person. To one of the safest persons I've probably ever met around that. Yeah, I, I don't typically judge people for their for how they feel, because feelings are fluid. Like they they come and go. So I'm actually, the only time I'm judgmental of people's emotions is when they are constantly happy. <clears throat> because I'm like, that's not real. Like you're not, nobody's that happy all the time. Mm. Talk to me about what's happening that's bad for you. Talk to me about your challenges. Tell me like the real shit. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. But I, I like that I have emotional depth. I... I just think that sometimes it's annoying for people because I, I'll ask them a question. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, man, like you're just going to... You just get in there. Not, this isn't the right time to dive in right now. Like That's my thing most of the time is that I'm like, I can't go there right now because I have to do this thing. Like yeah. if you open me up, then I won't have the energy to tackle this thing in this day that I have to do. Yeah. So, but it's a gift. Like I feel like a lot of us have had to like cope and we like don't do that and feel and express because of the stuff we've been through so to have someone that's like more intact and open and willing to like do that is pretty cool yeah i like also how nice i am i feel like i'm really nice and friendly but i also think that sometimes i can be too nice and yeah i want to like uh-huh. be more like if there's something that i don't like or there's something that's happening i want to be able to say it I want to be able to have more courage to say, I don't like this or to, I don't know. But we are highlighting qualities that you like right now. Yeah. So I hear you. You're doing great on that. 
You're growing. I've seen it. Thanks. And we're just going to focus on the good things right now. Okay. Yeah. I also like how funny I am. You are pretty funny. It's it's rubbing off on me because <laughs> I do not consider myself a witty person at all. Yeah. And I've been punning it up. I don't actually think that I'm super funny, but I I just really like my sense of humor. I like <laughs> that I appreciate humor. It's kind of dark sometimes. Well, that's... Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's a coping mechanism. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that humor is such a thing that lacks in in the Rogue Valley. Oh. People, nobody has a sense of humor here. Everybody's (laughs) so serious. Yeah. And when I notice that, a lot of times I will just approach a situation with humor just because I, I don't like how serious somebody's being. Yeah, you used to do that a lot more than you do now. And it was like, it was almost distracting. Yeah. Yeah. I've been told that a lot. Yeah. And I honestly, whatever. (laughs) I don't really care. Like, if that's something that people have a problem with, then maybe you're just being too serious. Yeah, bitches. And yeah, there's a place to, to be real and to be serious. And I did used to use humor as like a way to escape being serious about something that deserved a bit more yeah attention or to be lingered on yeah i would use it as a way to like bounce back from something really heavy Mm. um but sometimes i'm just done sometimes this is all the the time that i can linger on this serious topic and i just wanted to snap out of it and just like that's like kind of putting a period on it here's a joke and we're done with that serious thing yeah and some people were like, wait, but I, I wasn't done with it. Like, well, I am. Yeah. Anyway, that's the whole thing. Well, you have lots of lovely qualities. Thanks, Tay. So do you. Thank you. And this concludes our episode with Ammon Glevin Taylor Marie. <laughs> you yeah. can listen to our old podcast at Creative Cream, which is no. now non-existent. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Before you go, though, I do want to say... Rating this podcast on iTunes is really, really helpful. It's one way that gets this show a higher rating and gets uh, get helps the algorithms to distribute it more. Yeah. So if you wouldn't mind and you have time, um, just hop on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and just give it a five-star review and write a little thing that says like, this is great or I loved this episode or, you know, just if... You know, if it's a positive review, if you don't like it, then just, you know, don't tune in and don't rate it at all. (laughs) He's got big plans for the podcast, so it will, there's a lot coming. Yeah. Yeah. And if you also feel inclined, there is a um, support link in the show notes of this podcast. You can go down and click that and subscribe with a monthly donation. That also would be pretty cool. Yeah, pizza party coming. I'm I'm taking this podcast to new places. I'm traveling and interviewing people, and that does take money, and I currently am not making money from this. <laughs> I mean, not a substantial amount of money to support. Like, this podcast costs me money, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So if I could at least make it break even to where I can travel and have more interesting conversations, because I know that a lot of people are getting value from this. Yeah. They listen to an episode, and it really helps them, or challenges their way of thinking or maybe further solidifies the way that they live their life and that's good too yeah and so if you're getting value i would ask you to consider 
making a, a small donation or something, or at least telling a friend or just leaving a review on iTunes, a positive review. That would be great. Hell yeah. So. Thanks everybody for listening. Yeah. Hope we didn't bore you. And if you are bored, I guess that's your right. <laughs> but I'm surprised we got this far. <laughs> yeah. Good night, everybody.